Are we going to do better this time? We're going to do so much better. Okay. You ready? Yep. Hello and welcome to On the Bubble, live from Philadelphia. I am your co-host, Powell Latimer of the Greensboro News and Record. Alongside me is your other wonderful co-host, much nicer than I am. Also much more caf- caffeinated than you right now, I think. I'm really jittery. Yeah, you've been mainlining coffee. Um, I have. And my name is Brooke Pryor, and I'm with the North State Journal. Skip, skip right skip over the name. You should know me by now, right? You're definitely, like, <laughs> if they don't know you, I mean, really. It's really just first name only, just Brooke. So we are in the Wells Fargo Center of Philadelphia. We um, are. So was UNC earlier today. The Tar Heels are still playing in the, in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Elite Eight game is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. It's exciting. I'm pumped. I mean, you can't tell right now, but that's because we all went to bed at three in the morning and were, you know, sleepless in the Sweet Sixteen. Um, is that like the basketball love story? Movie? It is. Okay. It is. It's my personal favorite. I like it. So there were interviews today, mm-hmm. Brooke. You have been on the Theo Pinson beat. I have, which is a really fun beat to be on. He's from Greensboro, so like, I, like we I, we obviously know him a lot mm-hmm. over here in Greensboro. But uh, what if uh, you wrote another thing about him today? He crashed a press conference. He did crash a press conference. And it was one of those moments where you were like, does he know that he's doing this? Does he know that cameras are on? And then it's kind of like, well, duh, he knows this. It's Theo Pinson. If there's a stage, he would like to be on it. And he would like to be (laughs) commanding everyone's attention. Um, Just strolled on up. Like, he was supposed to be there, too. Like, just casually walked on up and said... So, so yeah, before... We're going to set the scene. Let's set the scene. So, the way this works, for those of you who, who either see this clip or don't, the NCAA does massive press conferences with the podium, and they say, here, coach gets up there, and all five starters get up there. Yeah, after the Sweet 16 game. Theo Pinson's not a starter, so all five starters are up there on the dais or podium. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're just asking questions. We go for about ten minutes of and, asking questions. And then what happens, Brooke? And then Theo Pinson, enter stage left, uh, arrives and looks around. He says, where's my chair at? Where's my name tag, though? And... Uh, <laughs> None. There is neither a chair nor a name tag there for him. No chair. Uh, I talked to him about it afterwards. He said he was going to go sit with Roy, but didn't want to hurt his knee, so decided against that. Sit on Roy? He said sit next to, but I think because he followed up with, I didn't want to hurt his knee, I think in his mind he thought about just like sitting down on top of Roy, but decided against that. Yeah, that would have been a really awkward... It would have been. As it was, like, everyone was rolling in laughter. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, he was only up there for maybe, like, 30 seconds or so. And I mean, then like, he like, exited. Yeah, his teammates just, like, lost it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bryce couldn't look up. He had his head in his hands, and he was shaking. I was shaking <clears> in the back. Like, it was... It was very funny. So, that, I think that's... And you've written about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what Theo does, right? Like, this yeah. is what he is. Isn't that kind of valuable... I think or, so. Or like, is he just like is he just like being a clown, or is that is there real value in what he's doing as far as being a cut up and kind of like joking around and being the talker for that oh, team? Yeah. Is there value to that? I think what UNC needs is a little dose of levity every now and then, and that's exactly what Theo Pinson brings, um, especially on stages like this where it's so easy to get caught up in the pressure and the okay, we have to go farther than you know any other team has gone. Okay, we've gotten that far. But now we need to to really be make this a memorable team and a memorable season. Okay, now we need to get to the final four. Um, and in addition to all of that pressure, you also have a bunch of people now coming in and asking more questions about the academic scandal and all of that. Like now it's being rehashed over and over and over again. And so when you have someone like Theo Pinson who can kind of be 
a distraction and not in a negative way, in a really good way, I think, for this team. It helps just the attitude around the locker room. It helps the attitude. I mean, even if people asking them questions, like I feel more at ease when they're cutting up and it's not so, you know, politically correct or coach speak or players speak. It's I feel like we can get to know the real players. And that's what they've said over and over and over again is, you know, we're not putting on a show for you guys. This is us. This is who we are. We cut up off the court. When we get on the court, we're a totally different team. And you can see that. I mean, look at the way they played last night. They dominated <laughs> Indiana. Yeah, that was that was a shellacking. And I think that's also like a really important thing specifically for two guys. For, really for two guys. Mm-hmm. One is Roy Williams, who as mu- has been, as, you know, he's got knee surgery. He's, mm-hmm. he's His body's kind of starting to break down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an older guy, but like his body's starting to wear down. He's clearly really nervous and wants this team to do he's very committed and he gets really yeah. emotionally kind of in knots up when it gets this late in the season not you know for for better or for worse he's admitted that it's like yeah like I get really nervous before games with this team because I really yeah. want him to do well and for Marcus Page who mm-hmm. has been so desperate all his career to just get a banner just to do something to cement his oh, legacy yeah. he's he's very aware and conscious of that legacy at UNC and what a big role that plays to get your name in the in the in the mm-hmm. of the Smith Center um and i think it's probably a good thing that you have Theo there just just cutting it up exactly just having a good time just to, just to cut that because I, I could see that could get really oppressive that could get really really oppressive oh absolutely with those two guys like guys we gotta win it's uh, it's it's pitch perfect <laughs> you need you need a, you need a uh, fat Amy. Yeah, Theo Pinson is the Rebel Wilson of this team, and like I think Marcus is definitely akin like to uh, I don't I don't know what's what's the what's the blonde girl's name who's like super authoritative. Uh, I know who you're talking about. All she wants, She's to, the all one she wants to do is win. Up. All yeah. she wants to do is win and make it back to the championship, which she can prove herself again. Yeah, I don't think Marcus throws up like her. I don't think so either. But you know, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he gets nervous. Maybe Roy does. We haven't asked. You know, Roy, do yeah. you throw up before games? Could be. Um. I think Theo is also making a more basketball-esque comparison. I think Theo is the Nigel Hayes of this year's tournament. And the way that, like, Nigel last year, you wanted to watch his press conferences. You wanted to see what silly thing he was going to do or what he was going to say. And Theo this year, it feels like, has kind of been that guy that, at least on the scale, maybe it's because we're too close into it, but... I want, if Theo's doing a press conference or any availability, like, I want to watch to see what he's going to do. That's that's fair. Yeah, I I would also argue his touch passes are really good for Carolina. Like he's yeah. Carolina has two guys that can throw the kind of neat touch passes, get in crafting angles to the post. Mm-hmm. It's Theo Penson and Marcus Page are the two guys that can do that. Joel Berry is a fine passer, but mm-hmm. like his touch passes, he's not quite there I yet. I mean, that's not his thing. Fine. He's it's fine. Yeah, he's an aggressive scorer. I think we've talked about that before. So, but. and I I think this is really cool about this particular lead eight is that you have Theo Penson on one side mm-hmm. cutting up for North Carolina, and on the other side you have Mike Bray at Notre Dame. When's the last time he shaved? Do we know that? He shaves like after losses. A Sunday, it's like Sundays and after. Sundays and after losses. Okay. So like he always has the Adam Kilgore of the Washington Post in whose seat we're sitting right now because Ooh, thanks Adam because love the Wapo um, wrote a really good story about Mike Bray this week where he compared. Mm-hmm. I think the line he used was that Mike Mike Bray looks like a man about to watch a Vegas sunrise. That's like, a good that's one. Such a good line. There's something in there too. I think about like somebody uh, a businessman on a bender. Yeah, or- uh, yeah, businessman on on a bender, and and it, he's exactly right. Like Mike Bray just looks like a really chill dude. I think he looks like he just stepped off the scene or the set of The Departed too. Like that's every time I look at him, that is what I see. Is he a cop or a villain in that equation? Uh, villain. I think he's in the mob, and I just want him to walk out to shipping up to Boston more than anything in my whole life. Okay. Like I don't know in what scenario that would happen, 
but I just need him to be introduced and then that play. Okay. I, I, I will see what we can do about that. He is, but like the, the thing about Mike Bray is that he's a loose coach. He's mm-hmm. walking around today. He like strained his calf in the in the game against Wisconsin, stomping on the ground, and he's walking around in a boot. He wasn't even walking. He was being escorted. Oh, was he really? Via, yeah, he was in a golf cart <laughs> delivered to the press conference. That's awesome. <laughs> but like he like he's just this jokey guy who's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in a medical red shirt or whatever, and like he's all you know he's he's just a, he just clowns around. Mm-hmm. You saw cl- video clips of him earlier this year taking shots with his team at practice be like yeah you need i should start for this team yeah like just <laughs> talking back he's keeping he keeps that team loose and i mm-hmm. do think that team the soup in the same way that carolina had a lot of expectations this year notre right. dame had a bunch of expectations because last year they went to the, the elite eight as well yeah so having him there and making it you know for him to make it kind of make it easier i think it's really interesting to see these two teams be in such a huge position mm-hmm. and be so loose both of them right it's crazy it's really cool I agree with you. So, I, I think it's fun. It's made this regional just a lot of fun to be around. I agree. Um, and I mean, I don't know what it's like in the other regionals because obviously we are only in Philadelphia, which has been a very hospitable host site. Um, eh. Okay, I'm trying to be nice, but you can make your noises if you want. I don't. I, I just don't think Philadelphia is like is well prepared for basketball, which makes sense because like the 76ers are such trash, they don't have to prepare for basketball very often. No, but they are a college that's basketball my, that's my, town. Like, melting wow. hot takes. Wow. Yeah. Come at me, 76ers. What you going to do about it? Trust- Jaleel Okafor is going to do something about it. I haven't seen him around. He's out there trusting the process. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway, my 76ers, I, I like. I love the 76ers and I want You've them to be You've been holding good. on to that all weekend that uh, we've yeah. been here. I've been letting it fly all weekend. So, okay. The, you know what else makes this regional really fun? What? The ACC tournament part de. It does. Oh, we are so lucky to be a part of this, to get to watch it in real life. I know. Well, I mean, good it's, thing we already covered it in D.C. a few a few weeks ago. That was the warm-up. This is real life. <laughs> that was the practice round. ACC Tournament Part 2, the do-over. The do-over. I like it. So here's the All deal. All the cookies. If, uh, for those of you who are living under a rock. Um, Which the, you're probably not if you're listening to I us. hope not. Yeah, I don't know if you could get like a podcast under a rock. But if you could, UNC is playing Notre Dame, Virginia is playing Syracuse on this half of the bracket. Mm-hmm. So the entire lead eight on half the bracket is the ACC. Yep. And as much as we are ride or die ACC homers mm-hmm. um, on this podcast, Children of Tobacco Road, both of us, that's pretty cool because that means that the ACC is guaranteed one team in the national title game. That's pretty exciting. It's awesome. That's... I hope that it, I hope that it's Syracuse, kind of just like just like to screw just... with everybody. <laughs> Why? To let, and then we have to deal with that would be. I was gonna say years. that would just be the most. I just the hot takes from everywhere would come pouring in, and I don't know that I'm ready for that yet. I don't know. We're not ready for that. Um, I don't want that. So, I, does that does, does that does that validate the ACC is the best conference in in the country, or is this just like because there's been a lot of critiques about? Mm-hmm. ACC didn't beat anybody good. They only beat like 11, 15 seeds or whatever. They haven't beat anybody really good. Does that, is there any, does that, is there any concern that like, you know, has the ACC gotten here via an empty road or is this, is this conference really good? I think this conference is really good. I think, I mean, we've talked about all year about how college basketball as a whole is down. And I still agree with that. But in a, in a down year, the ACC is still, or is the best, I don't know if still is the right word. Um, cause you have the addition of the Big East teams that were really good in the Big East. So you've kind of now created the super conference of the tobacco, of the really good tobacco road teams, the really good Big East teams. And now you've got this dominant, um, 
representation of two, I mean, I guess you can count Virginia as a tobacco group team, an original ACC team. An OG ACC. An, an OG ACC team. And then two really good Big East teams are now representing um, representing the ACC in this year's tournament. And I think, I mean, if half the remaining field is from the same conference... I, no, I, I, I mean, because it, it could it could have just easily shaken out the other way around, you know, like you still have to play teams to get here. Guess who didn't get upset at all? ACC teams. I think that's yes, you that's a succinct way to say what I was trying to say. Yeah. Everyone else is getting whooped by Stephen F. Austin and Fort Letton 14 seeds beat them. And nope, not the ACC. Nope, just hanging out here. Having a good time. Exactly. Pit, I mean, Pitt lost early, but, you know. I, th- I think, you know, that's that's we, the only thing you can point yeah. to as far as an upset. I think they were a 10 seed, too, so it's not like it was an upset anyway. Yeah, I mean. Um, so, again, I would I would say, like, if you wanted to put a number on it, mm-hmm. it's $40 million, which is how much money the ACC is going to make off of this NCAA tournament. <laughs> because, they're, because they are guaranteed to play in every game from here on out that mm-hmm. they're able to play in, they'll get $40 million, which comes out, which is paid out over six years. Each game mm-hmm. is worth, like, $1.6 million. Uh, like each unit is worth 1.6 million. Man. So the ACC is going to get 40 million dollars. How? What would you spend? For, what would you? If you have 40 million dollars, what would you buy? That's a great question. Um, I would buy. Definitely would invest some of it. Obviously, because of because I'm responsible. Um, then I would uh, buy a house for mom and dad. Just because, like, I don't want them bothering me when they want to do retirement <laughs> things. Like, and I'm going to still be a broke journalist, so I don't want to, like, I just want to, like, get them off my back. Basically. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, then I would definitely purchase, I assume that's, like, I, we're looking at, like, that's, like, $10 million to the $40 million. Yeah, The okay. rest of it, I would totally spend on, like, like, really nice food to the point where I would get gout. Wow! Like I want, like that's I, like Henry the Eighth. Yeah, that's, like, you I want, are like, Henry the Eighth. Like, minus I, like the I, wise. I don't want to eat a lot. I want to eat okay. really good food. So you'd just be a foodie. You would use your money yeah, as I an would, excuse to be a foodie. Yeah, star. I'd be like, yo, Anthony Bourdain, where are you? Like, come cook for me, or like, not Guy Fieri, but like, you know, oh. like good <laughs> chefs. Whatever, do just like one top chef. Come here, cook for me. Like, let's do this. Let's, whatever you want to cook, fine. Like, here's eight hundred thousand dollars. You come in for a week and cook, or, or that's you know, only whatever. a week. Yeah. That's a lot of Chipotle. That's like Chipotle for life. I'm well, okay, well then what would you spend forty million dollars on? I'd buy a Nordstrom rack for just me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. exclusive rights to Nordstrom rack. And like see, like that's I think I think most of my purchases would be very little things. Like like a I mean, dime, your money like a would nice last tailored longer. suit. You know? Like a nice tailored suit. Oh, that's fair. Well first I would pay off my credit card debt. That's number one. We are so And that would take off fifteen million. We at really least. <laughs> need some more elaborate like things. You could buy how much are the how much do the seventy sixers cost? Could you buy them? No, not no. The seventy sixers are worth like a lot of money. Oh. Can we buy into a team if we had four? You could be a minority dollars? owner of a team. Minority. If you could be a minority owner of any professional franchise. Oh. Know, what would you be? Probably of anyone, man. Oh, no, that's see, tough. My, all minority owner means is you get to sit in the meetings and talk about the team with other minority owners, and you get to like go to games. Go go to games, get really sweet seats. I think I'd want to do the Broncos because yeah, what you if, did Colorado things. Yeah, I did Colorado things, and also like, what if Peyton Manning ended up becoming the owner, and then me and Peyton could chill, and we would talk about his family, and you nah, know, just the only thing Peyton's going to be the owner of is fifty more Papa John's franchises. Okay, I would also like to do that if I could spend my money on a f- on a professional team, also a pizza franchise <laughs> situation. 
Might not That's eat all I want. Papa John's. I like it. I'm going to basically take the Peyton Manning approach to, to life. and. Okay. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, okay. So does the... You, we mentioned earlier the thrashing that UNC put into um, Indiana. In fact, that's one of the several thrashings that have happened. Mm-hmm. And UNC beat the, beat the pants off of Indiana. Oklahoma, as we record this, is shellacking Oregon. That's Let me two shellackings in, in this podcast, and I like it. I'm a fan. I'm not. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't checked that score recently, but uh, but yeah, they're they're beating the pants off of them. Um, there's been a couple other like really blowout games. Connecticut beat beat the tar out of people. So is this is this kind of where the tournament is right now? That like you just blow you, teams teams are starting to weed each other out, and you blow people out, or is or or can we look at UNC and say, oh, these guys are getting really good because Virginia know, did the same thing. They did, and I'm not at the point where I want to say, oh, there's not going to be. You know, another upset, or there's not going to be a close game because I mean, Syracuse Gonzaga was close last night. So yeah, Indiana. I mean, sorry, Notre Dame, Wisconsin was close. Exactly. I mean, not it wasn't like pretty basketball by any means. God, that's so gross. I know. So I'm not. I'm not at the point to say that we're at the blowout portion of the tournament yet. Um, I mean, I think if maybe that was just the Sweet 16 because that was separating everybody mm-hmm. out, and now we're going to get back to competitive basketball. That's what. I mean, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, National Championship, I think all of those teams, at least by the Final Four, will all be of the same caliber. Yeah. And it's going to be really fun. The idea of a UNC or UVA and, like, Kansas-Oklahoma Final oh my Four gosh. is really fun. It's just really fun. I mean, I'm not willing to look past Notre Dame because they can be a scary good team. I'm, no, I'm just saying, like, that's a, that's a really interesting, for like, from a national right. perspective, that's an awesome Final Four. I would, I'm really excited, because, I mean, unless something crazy happens, which, you know, knock on wood, if you're listening to this and we're wrong, I, I don't know, tweet at us. Um, <laughs> you won't add but, us, though. <laughs> I mean, subtweet me or not, but I don't care. Um, but Buddy Heald in the Final Four is just going to be, no matter who he's playing, I'm so excited. He deserves that stage. He does, absolutely. He's going to be... That will be entertaining. Yes. At the very least. So, is UNC is one of the teams that has just blown the doors off somebody. Mm-hmm. And Indiana was supposed to be a very good team coming into yeah. the, the last game. And, and UNC made him look pretty bad. Yeah. Um, was is, is Can UNC be stopped? Or should we just go ahead and pencil UNC into the Final Four? No. And say, or, the, or the national title game and say, all right, cool, Tar Heels. Because they've been playing very good they the last have been. week, two weeks, three they weeks. They have been. And I will say, last night watching the game, I was holding my breath waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, okay, something's got to happen at yeah. some point. You know, you they've got to go cold. Indiana's got to come back. Like this, And it didn't happen. Nope. So I don't know if that's the same approach that I'll be taking tomorrow night and just not breathing for two hours while I'm on deadline. Because both of us have been, everyone who's covered this team has been burned a lot. Yeah. Oh. When you think like, okay, like they finally turned the corner. This is the narrative we can we can t- write about and talk about. This is kind of we're seeing that the story turn and this team turn. Mm-hmm. And there's like, nope, we're gonna turn around. Just back. kidding. Hit a Yui. Um. Yeah, I think. I think UNC is really good. If they play the way they played last night, no, they can't be stopped. But they also got to where they were last night hitting a ridiculous amount of threes that this team doesn't usually take or doesn't usually hit as many. No. They get hot. They play great defense. They hit big shots. And that absolutely helps. Um, Will they be able to recreate that against Notre Dame? I don't know, but this is also the same team that went on a 24-0 run against Notre Dame in the ACC tournament. Yeah, that was a that was a smacking. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow night. No. There's no way, um, but I do like what Marcus Page said today that 
yeah, Notre Dame's coming in here with revenge, obviously, on their minds from that loss. But UNC's also got a little bit of revenge because they've lost Notre Dame three of the last four times they played. Yeah, I think it, you, that's a great point because Notre Dame is this kind of weird. Really, Notre Dame has like been the barometer for UNC. Yeah, this, this for year old especially. Tobacco Road. Yeah, this year, but, this year especially because UNC went up and, and got beat by Notre Dame, gave up like a sixteen point lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and did this basically, and I talked to Marcus about this today and I was, I was like, so like, what did that game do for your season? And he said like that, that game was a perfect example of everything that was wrong with this team mm-hmm. and everything that we had to fix. We gave up a half, second half lead. We got out, out hustled and outworked. Mm-hmm. And we, after the game, we're like, we have to fix this. Um, now the other losses, they had the Duke loss. That was a different, that was a different problem. Right. But like Notre Dame game was like a patently a 2014-15 loss. For Ab- team. Yes, absolutely. And so like, that's a good barometer for like mid-season UNC, like trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then the ACC tournament game where they just, just blitz Notre Dame is a great example of like, like th- that's kind of the highs and lows. Like yeah. this, the, against Notre Dame, UNC has shown both highs and lows. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really interesting to see like what happens. Yeah, here. where is this game going to fall? Is it going to be in the highs? Going to be in the low? Because mm-hmm. like Notre Dame's going to score. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is the thing that they do. No, I mean, like they're just yeah. really good offensively, and they get they get their points. So and like, they've now UNC... switched up their starting lineup, haven't they? Yes. And they add another ball handler. In yeah, the they moved they moved Farrell into the starting lineup mm-hmm. to kind of and move move Bonzi Colson to the bench just to give them a little bit more. They spread the, that spreads the floor a little more for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonzi is a good kind of Bonzi doesn't shoot from their perimeter. No. He doesn't live on the three-point line as much. So that so it just kind of helps our spacing a little bit, gives him a little bit more fluidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and UNC is, has struggled in the past guarding that four-guard lineup. Mm-hmm. Like a true two-man as as the four, UNC struggled with that. So there's certainly some interesting matchup things. Notre Dame hasn't been playing great, honestly. They've gutted their way through the NCAA tournament. But, like... The, it, it's just such an interesting matchup that like this is the UN, this, this this team has been the turning point at every point this season for mm-hmm. UNC like every single it time. Is. I noticed that yeah because I was listening to you and Patrick Stevens talk about that last night really earlier this morning um, after the game and that is I mean I was listening to you guys and I was like yeah that's that is absolutely right I hadn't thought about it in those terms before but that has really divided their season and those are when you look at the defining moments those are it you can throw in the duke games as there well yeah. but that's two weeks apart so like it's not really it's hard to mm-hmm. put the, the differentiate between the two but yeah so all right what do you think is going to happen mm, i think i'm not going to breathe for a lot last night for a lot tonight or tomorrow night oh my gosh when is this game um it's nine it's eight forty-nine. we've got how many hours until we've got about 25 hours until this game tips off okay quit stalling what's your, what's your prediction going to be <laughs> I think UNC wins by seven. Okay, and like fair. in like the seventies range. 70s, Do you like 80s. like like seventy seven, seventy five, seventy two, seventy seven, seventy something yeah. like that? Yeah, eighty one, okay. maybe seventy four. Yeah, okay, somewhere in there. I'm cool with that. I mean, granted, let's take this with a grain of salt. I thought UNC was going to be like win by two points Against last Indiana? night. Yeah, yeah. I'm going the same thing I said last night. UNC by 12. I think it's a close game, and then UNC pulls away. It's a close game at half. UNC pulls away at the end. I just, like, that's what this team feels like mm-hmm. to me, is this team that, like, can take the best punch from an opponent yeah. right now and then just, like, grind you down in the second half with good defense. And they're good. at some point, Justin Jackson's going to make a shot. Marcus Page is going to make a shot. Mm-hmm. May not be the first sh- four shots of the night like he hit against <laughs> Indiana. Which um, was incredible. 
Yeah, Marcus. He checked Marcus is a fun is a fun Marcus. It is a fun Marcus, especially in the post game afterwards. Did you hear his quote? He said, "No, I didn't." He was like, "After I hit back to back shots, I haven't done that in a while." I was like, "Uh oh, I might mess around and hit a couple more," <laughs> and I did. And I was like, "Marcus, you haven't said anything like this in so long." Yeah, the, it's great. The zero f's, Marcus. Oh I'm yeah, just like, I'm just gonna get some shots up, y'all. We'll I might stop. mess around and hit a hit a couple more. That that's what it looked like on the court. It was like, I have to throw this throw the shot up and see what happens. All right. Yeah. So we both we both think UNC will win. You think seven? I think I think twelve. I think UNC gets like eighty five, seventy three, something like that. Okay. Um, but yeah. All right. Well. So then on to the final four. You think you think UNC is going to be playing Syracuse? If UNC wins, it'll be, if the winner of this game plays who? Syracuse or Virginia? In this ACC tournament breakdown. I think Virginia. All hail the Who's. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think Syracuse has gotten really lucky the last couple games, and they're, they're good. Lu- yeah, they're good, but I think. They've been more lucky than good, and that's not a good formula when you play a team that A, knows you really well, and B, is, I think, much more talented. I agree. I also really enjoyed watching. I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. But that ACC title game in the tournament felt like a Final Four game. Oh, yeah. And it looked like a Final Four game, and it would really be cool if that was a Final Four game. I was like, that's that's what that should be. These are two of the best four teams in the country. They should be playing in April. Let's make it happen. And that's good. They did. All right. So we're going to go get some sleep and maybe some dinner. Maybe some more coffee or not. Yeah. I don't need any more. No, you don't need any more coffee. Thank you for listening. We'll be back 